then here we go again. Up early, feed the dog, out the door, traffic, at the office, boss in some kind of mood today, no time for lunch, annoying co-worker, no time to relax, bedtime. Then we gotta do it all again? Uh, no way. Because the best way to break up the mundane every day is to play. At Wild Rose Casino and Resort. Slots, tables, sports, and a whole lot of perks when you join and play with your club wild card. So, let's play. Wild Rose Casino and Resort, Clinton. Does your financial advisor take the time to really listen to you? Is your financial strategy personalized for you and your family? Will your financial advisor be there as your life and financial situation changes? When you work with Edward Jones, they focus on what's important to you. You'll work together and use an established process to create a personalized financial strategy backed by the advice, tools, and resources to help you reach your goals. And they'll partner with you to help your strategy stay on track. Visit edwardjones.com or stop by the office of Todd Nash in Coralville, Jeff Rudolph, or Scott McGill in Iowa City, or Travis Whitmore in North Liberty. Edward Jones, Making Sense of Investing, member SIPC. Hello there, Hawkeye fans, and welcome to the Hawk Fanatic Rapid Reaction Podcast. I was saying on Twitter this morning, I think we need to come up with a different name for this podcast. So if you could come up with something better than Rapid Reaction, how about the morning after? That's what I was thinking about. Um because just with the with the time of these games, it's just really hard for all three of us to get together on a Saturday night, especially the later games. And uh, next week, we're in the same situation with Wisconsin being a three o'clock game. But I digress. I am Rob Howe, joined by Jovan Johnson and Jordan Kanzeri, former Hawkeyes. We're here to break down Iowa's 20-14 to 14 homecoming win Saturday against Purdue at Kinnick Stadium. Hawkeyes now 5-1 and one overall. Two and one in the Big Ten. Big game next week at Wisconsin. Uh, we will talk about that later in the podcast. But right now we're going to break things down. And I was working on my column this morning, guys. And Jovan, I said this to Jordan before we started recording. You missed the uh, the in depth pre show meeting production meeting, which lasted like ten seconds of me telling him that uh, I'm going to hit you guys with kind of an overall question about yesterday or kind of Iowa football in general. Um, and you guys give me your reaction uh, and we're going to replace the open floor at the beginning of the podcast where you guys just give me thoughts on your games. I'm gonna, We're going to try going in this way instead. Um, and to me, the the general theme of my, my column that I'm working on, you can find it on my, my, um, my feed later is I'm just fascinated that Iowa is winning football games this way. It's like two and a half seasons now of not good offense. And Iowa is 23 and 10 over that. That's almost 70% winning percentage and won 14 of 21 Big Ten games, won a division title, could have won a division title last year if it wasn't for Potentially Cooper DeGene's injury at, in that game against Nebraska. It certainly played a role. Um, but in the hunt again this year, I'm going to give you guys some numbers. I'm sorry to bog down the beginning of this podcast, but I want to be able to set this up. Iowa currently ranks 104th out of 130 FBS teams at 21.8 points per game. 
the Hawkeyes are 130th last in total offense. They are 106th in rushing, 128 in passing, and 129 on third down conversions, 26%. Last season, Iowa 122 in scoring offense, 129 in total offense. In 2021, ranked 99th in scoring, 121 in total offense. Jordan, I'll start with you. How how is this working? Good old Bill Parker and the <laughs> which obviously uh Joe Vaughn can attest and talk a lot more on in depth on that. But yeah, it's the passing game was not there last night, but it was great to get uh Caleb Johnson back. Nice to see that um those commercials he's been in ain't slowing him down with running the ball. Uh, Cause he, he definitely had himself a day with, uh, I think he was the average 7.9 with a touchdown, but again, 20 points isn't going to be enough to, I think, beat a Wisconsin. So we definitely have to add to that. Um, and for it not being a missed extra point, two scored touchdowns, two goals, I believe. Um, but yeah, we uh, just got to stick it over, but um, just got to uh, just find again the plays to get him to feel comfortable in the pocket and just completions of anything. Because I think there's only six last night, and I believe Alta Eric Hall. Um, correct, but yeah, we, we got to be able to do more. Jovan, they won the game without completing a pass to a wide receiver. Iowa won yesterday without completing a pass to the wide receiver. Help me out. Make, make sense of this. You're on mute, bro. I, I've never seen anything like this before in my entire life of playing football. I never seen a game get won by an offense without not one completion to a receiver. Um unless you were dominant in the run game, which Iowa had a pretty good day running the ball. I mean I think uh Caleb Johnson getting him back uh was big for the offense and then also uh LaShawn Williams had a good day as well. Um but Iowa continues to submit itself as tight in you. Um, Eric all had a heck of a day playing tight end in the Iowa offense. And, um, I just don't understand it, but I I do. One thing I do know is that when you have a defensive coordinator like Phil Parker, um, who is as consistent as they come, who consistently puts the defense in position to win, even though they might give up yards, they don't give up touchdowns. And, you know, that bend, but don't break defensive philosophy. Um, and holding teams to field goals and not touchdowns, you're going to be in more games than you're not. And I think that's the reason that over those years, Iowa has been able to to win games. Um, but offensively, got to figure something out. Like you, this is going to be a a long season um, if you don't get it all figured out. And, and it's not like you don't have the guys. It's just a matter of like again coming up with some creative ways to get guys the football 
uh, whether that be motion shifts, trades. Um, I mean, you have the tight end, so you know you got to make sure that you're using those guys. But somehow the receivers got to get going because as, as teams are just going to stack the box and make you have to beat them throwing the football. And and as we've seen last night, six for twenty one ain't gonna get it done with all your completions going to the tight end. Not gonna happen. Yeah, we'll certainly see how this works next week up in Madison. Again, we'll talk about that in a little bit to the point of the guys. Uh, uh, I thought Caleb Johnson's early, I think it was the second series, rips off the 67-yard touchdown, played perfectly into Iowa's game plan, which was to play the field position game and not let the offense make mistakes. Getting that early 7 nothing lead certainly played into that. Caleb Johnson with Sean Williams, 215 yards combined on the ground, Combined, they averaged 7.1 yards per carry. So that'll get it done. And that, to me, when you looked at that, um, and Iowa just kind of – Purdue was willing to play that game. They were willing to play Iowa's game with punting back and forth in field position. Then and eventually, at the begin, end of the third quarter, beginning of fourth quarter, it's um 13-7 game. Purdue's feeling good within a score. And then – um Playing the field position game, Iowa starts that drive at the Purdue 45. A few plays later, I think it was after a 15-yard run by LaShawn Williams, set it up the run there, play action, hit Eric All with a 22-yard touchdown down the right side, Jordan. And uh, it was – the uh, if you're looking for the, uh, the, the example of complementary football – this, this was it. That that was it. They they played punning, punning, punning after that seven nothing lead. Get a couple field goals in there. Gave up a late touchdown to Purdue, but that second half was perfect for Iowa. That ex- I, I, and again, they would love to score fifty points, but you got a first year starter in there at quarterback. You're limited what you're going to do. You're down your best tight end. I th- I thought it was a good plan. Yeah, you know, wins a win and. It's something that, again, we at least executed the running back level, the line, the run game win, and as well um, with a tight end again, just as Jovan said, continually continuing the tradition of having trust. The one thing that kind of has been on my mind on this is you know, the lack of success, especially on the perimeter, you know, it's it's a thing that doesn't just um, react or, like, have issues just during the game, but it's going to also linger with, you know, recruiting and getting those individuals and that could be the next dude where it's tough when continually – scoring low, uh, continually not having much success with the receivers. It's, you know, it's something that we do have to, like, make a major change towards because, again, it's it's the future as well that you have recruits that are just watching this and seeing it. And why would a legitimate starred receiver want to go to a, a, you know, a school where – he would not even have the ball thrown to him. So it's just stuff like that that is definitely tough and it's sad to see as well. But, you know, for this year's team, 
And this year's program, it's, again, a win is a win. So even if some areas it's been a little ugly, special teams to defense to offense, certain critical moments has really been complimentary. So, um, again, a win's a win. And I'm with you, JC, on macro, on the big picture. Where do we go from here after this season? What do we do? offensively to get this thing going? Because I think, Jovan, the question everybody asks themselves is, if Iowa had an average offense, let alone a, a really good offense, an average offense, because we're, we're seeing rankings, I, the best ranking the last three years in scoring was 99th, and you got to consider that special teams and defensive touchdowns go into that as well. Um, so the macro is what, what you do going forward. But with this year's team, Jovan, what is the path here to have success? I mean, right now, I mean, you're going to have to be a game manager, control the clock, put three and four tight ends out there, try to run the ball, keep other teams' defenses on the sideline, um, and then try to keep your defense fresh. And then you obviously have Tory Taylor, who is one of the best in the game. So you're going to be a field position team heavy, uh, if you can't score points on offense. But currently, I think as to what Jordan said, you know, how are you going to get a top receiver or, or or a guy that wants to come to Iowa when you're going to run stretch, run zone, um, you're going to run inside ISO, you're going to be in 22, 12, 13, 14 personnel. I mean, no, no receiver is going to want to come to an offense where they're not going to get the ball. And that that's just not going to happen. So uh, no matter how much you win, if you're never going to throw the ball, I mean, getting into spread, you could you could still get into a 10 personnel look out of 11 and 12 personnel with tight ends. You know, Eric all is a type of tight end that you could split out like a Travis Kelsey or, or some something like that, where you can split them out at receiver and be in 11 personnel with three receivers and make it look like spread. You have offensive line guys. Uh, traditionally at Iowa that it would have success in a spread out run game. You got the running backs for it. I mean, it's just a matter of switching it up and, you know, getting out of that old school, like we're going to run stretch. We're going to run outside zone lead ISO. I mean, that that's just the typical Iowa offense. And, and it's been successful because the defense has been outstanding. What have you seen now, Jovan? We've gotten – basically two full games of Deacon Hill. Um, what, what do we have here? And what, what, I guess, what position would you put him in to succeed? What, what do you think he does well? I mean, I think he has a strong arm and he's a big body. Um, I think you can, you can get him, you know, getting the ball out quick, um, depending on what you're getting, you know, maybe if teams are going to play one high and load the box, you know, maybe attacking the seams, attacking the flats. Um, they're just different things that you could do with a guy of, of his caliber, with his skill set. I mean, because the kid does have a strong arm. Um, but, you know, when you're in 12 and 13 and 14 personnel, I mean, who is he throwing to? I mean, you, you, you're not really, you know, benefiting him by, you know, having him with four tight ends on the field or, or two fullbacks and three tight ends. I mean, you're in, basically in goal line personnel and asking a kid to throw the ball to tight ends all day. Um, 
and it makes it tougher because tight ends against DBs, I mean, they're not going to create much separation uh, versus guys that are quicker, faster, uh, uh, more instinctive than they are. So, I mean, you just got to be able to, to spread the ball around and spread teams out and allow him to utilize his skill set. Because right now, I don't think they're playing to his skill set. Um, and then you, especially when you go on fourth down and you have a guy that can, at 260 pounds, you could just run a fourth and one quarterback sneak. He's going to get a first down. I mean, you know, just things, little things. Like, it's just little stuff that you can maybe manipulate to help him out. Jordan, your thoughts here? What what can be done here right, to get the receivers more involved, to to play the Deacons straight, the Deacons. to make sure that this offense is capable of complementing this defense and special teams, especially next week at Minnesota or at Wisconsin? It feels like they're going to need more offense up there. Yeah, I mean, um, it's got to be an established run game, good play action. Um, screens. I mean, my fourth year, we had um, uh, Desmond Powell or Damon Powell. And, you know, I don't think we have any receivers with like his just A to B speed, but, you know, doing screens like what we did with him, different things where it's again, just getting the ball out quick. But, um, yeah, it's just something that if we don't have a run game, it'll be very, very hard to do. And Wisconsin, as we know, is generally a good uh, defensive team. And are good at defending against a run. I haven't checked so much on their stats and, and uh, traveling to Madison as well, so. You know, it, it's it's going to be something, but we just have to, again, create different matchups with motions and, again, possibly screens where he just gets the ball out fast. Receivers just got to catch the ball and then have somewhat success. Because, uh, again, it's, it's, it's something that we won't be able to beat certain teams if we don't. So moving forward, Jordan, do you kind of um, approach it the way they did yesterday, where when they weren't in an advantageous position offensively, deep in their own end, even, you know, 20, 25 yard line of your own, where you're trying to run the ball, playing conservative offense, do you continue to do that? Or do you have to be more aggressive in a position like next week? Or do you wait to see how the game unfolds do you wait and say okay if we're in a tight game let's keep playing the field position game or are you aggressive offensively uh i would say it's tough but for a team like wisconsin i would say probably have to play it more on the safer end because if you try something new and try to be aggressive down more on your end of the field and there's one a mistake of you know hill holds on to the ball too long strip sack or they try to throw something and then there's an interception where again we know and have the utmost confidence in the defense so if right now if we really again don't have 
people who can be true separators, um, then we'll have to, again, kind of play it on that safer side. But at the same time, again, when you have somebody back like Caleb Johnson, getting him involved in the past game, um, play action, maybe, you know, a little RB wheel action, different things like that. You know, we, we got to try to get him. Uh, we try to got to try to get the football in his hands and, and just from handing it off too. So, um, but again, against a team like Wisconsin, um, I know that they'll probably want to play it more on the conservative side with just, again, having confidence in the defense if it's, closer what i just uh, said at the end was yeah if, if, if we're behind then we'll have to be aggressive but if it's a closer game then uh, i can see that they'll want to go the more conservative route and trust the defense hi i'm jim street owner of streets maintenance as a licensed insured and bonded master plumber i specialize in all plumbing repairs including but not limited to water heater and sump pumps to toilet and faucet repairs and replacements for more information about my business i'm online at streetsmaintenance.com and facebook or give me a call at 400-4483 400-4483 hi this is aj perez managing partner at deary chrysler dodge jeep ram of waukee and iowa city i'm so proud of our team at both locations we are committed to one thing, giving our customers the absolute best when it comes to service and a car buying experience, the kind of experience that brings you back. What makes us different? We believe at Deary, we don't just sell cars, we help people buy them. Do you need a great electrical contractor or fire and water restoration specialist? Well, contact Lance Bolin at LB Electric and LJ Construction in North Liberty. Lance has served the corridor for many years and is ready to help you. Call Lance Bolin at 319-640-1116. That's 319-640-1116. Or visit LJ underscore construction on Instagram for licensed and insured electrical work, fire and water restoration, and remodeling. JC loves the RB wheel route, as we all do. Jovan is uh, in Home Depot, I think, or, or something somewhere else doing a little uh, D- DIY stuff. Um, <laughs> Jovan, um, you know, when you, when you look at what you said before, what Iowa has on offense, is that the approach? Is the approach just for the offense to – to not mess it up when the game is close or are you more aggressive? Do you start to, do you, do you go at Wisconsin? I mean, I think you do stick to what's got you to this point. I mean, I would run the ball and I would keep running the ball and then I make Wisconsin have to defend. I think Wisconsin's strength is that they're always good against the run. But I mean, I think you have to put them in situations where, you know, they have to defend you on the outside with the receivers, like, you know, stack receivers, motion receivers, because Wisconsin is more of a man-to-man scheme um, as far as how they play defense, which allows them to get a lot of guys in the box. So if you're going to play 11, 12, 21, 22 personnel, they're going to stack the box, and they're going to make you have to beat them in one-on-one, a lot lot like what Penn State did, um, where they're going to live and die with their corners on the edge by themselves, and they're not going to get help. Um, so you got to create matchups, uh, be able to run the ball effectively, you know, take three, four yards. If you're getting three, four yards of carry, I mean, you can live with that. And then you got to win on first down, get positive yards on first down. And then when you get in third down situations, you got to make make it count. 
one one last point here because I want to give the defense some love uh, from yesterday and give you both both of you guys a chance to talk a little bit more about that. We talked coming into the season or into the season into this week about you know lack <laughs> of a pass rush and the defensive line taking a while to get going. Well, it got going yesterday and in a big way and was a big part of that game yesterday. Kind of changed uh, the momentum of that game in a lot of ways. Jovan, do you see anything different there with, with the D-line, or was it just, you know, just a, a natural growth development thing? Yeah, I think they're they're growing and developing. Um, you know, Kelvin Bell's doing a hell of a job with just having a younger defensive line group and getting the most out of those guys. So kudos to him. Um, you know, he's doing he's working with what he's given and what he has. So um you know, those first couple of weeks was more so a growing, growing and development. Um, but now you, you're starting to see more um, of those guys starting to get after the quarterback. And um, I don't think they change much at all schematically um, because knowing in Iowa, they stick to what they do and they do it well. Um, so it's just those guys are starting to mature. And when you mature as a player, especially being a young guy, you start getting better and you start understanding that you belong on the field. Jordan, uh, 12 tackles for loss and six sacks. I think, uh, I think the defensive line got going yesterday. Defense again, they played phenomenal, uh, created turnovers. Uh, and even again, my man Higgins, he is just all over. I think again, it was two tackles, 10 assists, and then an interception, like he's just playing unreal. Uh, definitely stepped up when needed to when losing a guy like Jack Campbell. Um, it's And then Cooper just getting another turnover. It's, it's again, it's just you can't – nobody – I am biased, but there's nobody that can argue that Phil Parker ain't the best defensive coordinator in all of – football to just consistently no matter the position just rolling 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 just have guys just be where they need to be play good and just it's just great football and there's you know there's there's probably a lot of defensive coordinators out there trying to mimic some of the same but it's he's he's just a defensive guru well said and yes um Really good games by Joe Evans and uh, Logan Lee, two older guys I thought played really well on the defensive line as well yesterday. And uh, another superb defensive effort. Um, Go right back to you, Jordan. Uh, Your memories from trips to Madison. We'll finish with uh, some fun memories of Madison. Well, it was – to be able to, I think, 2009 was the last time we had the Heartland Trophy. So to go to Madison and finally win it back was an awesome feeling. Um, it was one of my favorite runs to put in that uh, seat, the quarterback slash safety on skates. Um, but it was it was just a tough battle too where uh, Desmond I remember had two picks 
Um, I didn't score, but I know I had a good day. I think I had like 140 and line was just playing good. But again, it was still more of a low scoring game of battle, but the defense just made huge plays, red zone um, fumble. Um, It was just obviously a great feeling to hit the locker room. But myself personally um, wasn't in the highest of spirits in the locker room, I remember, because uh, one of my last runs, I fumbled, but got recovered, I think, by Cole Crossan, possibly. And you, you saved my life. Like, I was so upset that I put my team in that position up, um, possibly get them the ball back. But, yeah, it was still to walk in that locker room, celebrating, getting the trophy back after so long was uh, an amazing feeling. It's amazing how you players and coaches, and now you guys are former players that are coaches, remember those heart-wrenching moments as well as the – the the joyous moments, Jovan. Memories from Madison for you? I mean, I got a lot of um actually my two best friends that I played high school ball with both went to UW and played for the Badgers. So um one of them was getting recruited heavy by Iowa and he ended up taking the the scholarship to Wisconsin because they brought his brother in. Uh, and I actually took the scholarship that he was given from Iowa. So it was, it was a crazy twist on how it all worked out. But um, my memories of just being in Madison and playing against Wisconsin first, I had four interceptions against them in four years. <laughs> so I always had good games against the Badgers. Um, and it was always fun to be able to rub it in my guy's face that we were kicking their behinds every year. Um, but it was always a good time to see our family members come down to watch both of us play at the same time. Uh, lifelong friends that I grew up with, families close, um, you know, just, just to see them all at the game was one of the best experiences ever. But my last year um, at Iowa, my senior year, we played against Wisconsin at Wisconsin. <clears throat> and during that game, the week before, I actually got hurt in warm up against Purdue. And uh, I didn't I didn't know whether or not I'd be able to play. Uh, in the Wisconsin game, but I actually came came back. I did had a hamstring injury, and I came back, and I probably played one of the most perfect games that I could have possibly played in that game against Wisconsin. I mean, I had a couple knockdowns on a couple uh, deep balls. Um, ended up getting the interception. Um, you know, it was it was the Wisconsin is a great place to play. You know, the the jump around thing and um, and the way that their fans are is a lot like Iowa. So, but I have a lot of vivid memories from playing against Wisconsin and Wisconsin. And I ended up marrying a girl from Wisconsin that went, <laughs> that was a Badger, but that didn't last long. So it's probably because she, <laughs> she was a Badger and I was a Hawkeye. So we didn't, we didn't mix well. So, <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Well, you know, things happen for a reason. Isn't that what they say? <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> we'll see what happens. Uh, 
Wisconsin opens as an early seven and a half point favorite in this game. Deacon Hill with his first ever college road start going back to the school that recruited him at a high school and where he was last year. So a lot going on this week. That's going to make this a very interesting game for all intents and purposes. If you've looked at the big 10 West, this could be for the championship this weekend with these two teams. I think these are the two best teams in the West. So we'll see how that shakes out. And we'll be back to talk to it next, talk about it next week, most likely Sunday around uh, 11 central noon in the East. Cause I'll be up in Madison. So getting back in time to do a podcast probably isn't going to happen, but I will let you guys know um, what time uh, that will be uh, on social media probably do need to do an ad read here being as I didn't get it in earlier. Uh, support for the podcast comes from Systems Unlimited, celebrating 50 years of providing services to people living with disabilities and mental health needs throughout East Central Iowa. A list of their services and upcoming events can be found at sui.org. Thank you to Systems Unlimited. Thank you so much to Jovan and Jordan for joining me and uh, adding their experts expertise on Iowa football and football in general. Thank you all for listening, and we will be back to talk to you next week.